Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Are we on? Ah, yay. Thank you so much. Look, I was going to preach and I forgot my Bible. I didn't forget my phone, though. It has a Bible on it, okay? Somebody give me. My dad likes to tell the story of when I was like, how old was I? Yay high. <laughs> and I uh, grabbed the mic and said, give me a Bible. So I'm going to preach. He's funny. I love him. So today we're going to talk, we're continuing our series on Bible basics. And I, some people, some of you guys might be like, uh, I know the basics, I don't need the basics. But it's always a good idea to refresh yourself on the basics, right? Because sometimes you'll uh, get new revelation about uh, something that you, that you thought you knew, <laughs> but you either forgot or you didn't realize, you didn't see that perspective, and it just becomes whole, like a whole, a, lot, a new, alive thing in your heart and in your life. And so we're going to talk about grace today. We've been talking about faith the past couple weeks, and haven't they done a great job, my, uh, my dear dad and my uh, husband, <laughs> talking about faith? Um, so turn to Ephesians 2. Chapter 2, verse, uh, let's actually start at verse 3. And it says, We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he raised us up and seated us in the heavens so that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kingdom to us in Christ Jesus. And in chap chapter, verse eight says, for you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not from works, so that anyone can boast. And how many of us, um, how many of us don't don't know the grace of God like we should, or don't live in the grace of God like we should? How many of us struggle with um, shame, shame about maybe past things? Um, still, things come up, and you you still feel guilty about things that have happened in the past ways that things happened, uh, words you spoke to someone, um, things you didn't get to say to people. I mean, you just have all this guilt and shame that just racks you. Um, I mean, I even feel shame sometimes like when I don't read my Bible enough, right? Like that's the Christian shame too. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't pray and read my Bible enough or I didn't, I didn't, you know, dig deep enough or I didn't, I don't do this. We always find something, something to say, Oh, I didn't do this, right? We always, I mean, and then there's the personality. So there's different personalities about this, right? Or like, and so you have a perfectionist personality. 
(laughs) Don't point to your neighbor like Andrew Pineda did. (laughs) You have a perfectionist personality sometimes, and those people, you know, they want to get it right. They have to get it right. And if they don't, they feel bad, like, oh, it's my fault. I I can't do it right. But, you know, that's not the way that grace is supposed to be, how we're supposed to live in grace, especially as Christians. We are saved by grace through faith. And so as a Christian life, it's going to make it terribly, terribly hard to live a Christian life if you're not living under grace. With the grace that is already there, it's available to you, right? And the grace that's available is available, and it's kind of like, it's the, it's the covering of just provision and healing. Those are all graces, right, of God. So grace there's so, I feel like there's so much to grace, but it's also so simple. Like my dad was talking to me earlier. He's like, you're complicating it. <laughs> I'm like, but there's so much in my mind and I'm trying to connect it all <laughs> and make it make sense. But he said, it's just so simple. <laughs> grace is Jesus, right? He came by Jesus through faith. We are saved and his grace is so good. His grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. And what does that grace do? It empowers us to, and it empowers us and enables us to live a new life in Christ. So if you want a scripture reference, 2 Corinthians 5.17, we live, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. So we want to know, like, what is grace? Grace is Jesus, but we need we need to... We need to get rid of this past shame and guilt, fear of failure. Some people have that a lot. I have a fear of rejection. But if we're living in God's grace and with God and walking with him in partnership, those things shouldn't be an issue. And that's kind of a hard way to like think about it, right? Because you're like, well, that's, that's difficult for me. You know, you don't know my personality. You don't know who I am. But you know, I know that God made you to be walking in grace under that umbrella of grace. I know what God intends for you to live like, and he doesn't intend for you to be stuck in shame or condemnation or fear of failure, or performance-oriented. Don't we have a lot of performance-based Christians that are just working, 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 and we never stop to just be? Like, be who the Lord has called us and be with the Lord. So we're, we're doing, a, um, we're doing a, a Bible study, our women's group, and the first thing that she wanted us to write down and declare over our lives is that I am loved by God and I'm a lover of God and therefore I am successful. That's it. Yeah, it's simple. There wasn't, oh, but also I have to do this and also I have to do this and also I have to do this and then I'll be successful. No, like God, our church is about family, right? But we're not only about family like you guys. We're all family, right? It's about God's family. 
And that's why he sent Jesus to be our fam- to, to bring his family back into relationship with him. Because we were separated from him. There was a chasm of sin that separated us from the Father, and he didn't want that anymore. I mean, how many of you are separated maybe from a loved one? You don't talk, or they don't talk to you, or something happened. That's not a good feeling, right? Something's separating you from them. That's an awful feeling, right? I mean, a lot of us feel, you know, death separates us from people. It's not a good feeling to be separated from people that you love. And God loves us so much. I always get stuck on love. (laughs) I'm studying grace, but grace, the reason there is grace is because of God's unfailing, unmatched love, (laughs) right? Like, he didn't do this because he just wants us to work for him. He did this because he loves us. As, as I'm studying each and every story, I just keep saying love. Love, like he loves us. Like, yes, he wants us to be free, and he wants us to be working, uh, doing good works. We're made for good works, right? That's the next verse. I actually didn't write it down. I can look it up. But that's the, next, the very next verse in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. No, it's 10. 10 talks about we were created for good works, right? So when we're in that place of grace, we're able to do that very easily. And then you also have, you know, spiritual gifts and things like that. And so those are all good things, and they're, they're part of the body, and they're part of how we're supposed to be working as Christians. But you got to get this part right first, or that part's going to be messed up. You're going to get tired. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get angry at people you're working with or for. (laughs) Because people and God are two different things. They do not, it's not the same. (laughs) I'm telling you. They will hurt you. They will fail. They will mess up. They will say things about you. They'll, I mean, they'll break your heart. But the Lord, if you don't get this right first, then you you won't be able to handle that. And you won't be able to love them like he loves you because you're not standing in that place of love, right? Grace, you guys. (laughs) So I was thinking about, I started thinking about, well, what's the difference between grace and mercy? Because they sound the same kind of, you know, like grace and mercy. Those are both things that we need, right? (laughs) But grace is getting... God's giving us what we do not deserve. We did not deserve Christ. We did not deserve Jesus to come and die on the cross for us. But mercy is not getting what we do deserve. <laughs> so when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I think they taught mercy in my, ch- my children's church class. You train, you train the teachers too well, Dad. <laughs> I, I had to be like four, four? Uh, very small, and my I did something bad, or I smarted off because that that uh, that's my worst that's my worst thing. I'm a, I'm a smarter offer, <laughs> a smart Alec, <laughs> and <laughs> I got in trouble. And my dad took me to the bedroom, and he was gonna whoop my butt. <laughs> and I said, I was four. Mercy, Dad, mercy. And he said, What? <laughs> mercy, like. How do you even know this word, child? Like, 
now I can't spank you, right? Like, it's, it's hilarious. I should have said, Grace, after that, like, give me some candy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't deserve it, but I would like it. But mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So I deserved a whoop, and I was being a smart aleck. But <laughs> don't amen so loud there. Come on. <laughs> but he didn't give me that spanking because he gave me mercy. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. The God does that as well. He does, we do not get what we deserve because we deserve death. <laughs> But he instead, he said, I'm going to give you, I'm not just, I'm not only going to not give you what you deserve. I'm not going to put death on you in a curse, right? The curse of sin and death. But I'm also going to give you all of this other stuff. Healing, prosperity, peace, thank you, joy, peace, all of the things that come within salvation, within the life of a Christian. And so I think that's pretty incredible. Anybody? Anybody else? All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I think that we get stuck. I mean, we get stuck seeing ourselves like this, and we get stuck seeing other people like this. So how many have ever been like, I mean, everybody's done it, this is an extreme example, but someone kids up, kidnaps a kid. They're a kidnapper, right? We see people for what they do, not who they are, right? That's an extreme example, but the Lord still loves that kidnapper, doesn't he? Yeah. And that's, that's hard. I mean, Carrie and Demi, they work in human trafficking, and the Lord still loves the human traffickers, He loves them. The Lord loves Donald Trump, and he loves Joe Biden. (laughs) Let's just be real here. He loves them. He died on the cross for both of them. They're the same. They both need Jesus the very same, just like us, right? (laughs) And so Christ... The father doesn't see sin. He sees you. When the prodigal son, anybody, everybody heard the story of the prodigal son? When the prodigal son comes home, he didn't see the sin and the lack of the funds that he gave him, the inheritance. He saw his son. He saw his son and he went running to his son. Grace is so good. But many people feel as if what they, who, what they do is who they are. And they get stuck there. They get stuck saying, well, I did this, or I didn't do this, or I cheated, or I lied, you know, I'm an adulterer, or I, you know, they get stuck there. But there's grace, <laughs> there's redemption, There's restoration. Sometimes we get stuck there too, like, oh, he was an adulterer or she was an adulterer. There's, no, kick him out. We're done, you know? But that's not who they are. That's what they did. 
And if we were all judged on what we did, we'd probably all be in the same, very same place. They probably just don't know about it, right? <laughs> and it's very interesting, you guys. He doesn't see the sin. He sees you. He sees you. Hmm. So... In the New Testament, I'm going to open my computer for this because I want to do it right so that you can understand it. In the New Testament, Paul uses the word grace a lot. And when he uses grace, it's actually the Greek word charis or charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. That's how you spell it, but it's pronounced charis. And haris was um, the Greek word for grace. So there's a lot of like, culture in that word, surrounding that word. Um, in that culture, haris was a system of patronage. So there were three parts to that. It was the patronage system. So there was three parts to that. Hold on, let me go to this other page. So you had a patron who provided an item. So say the patron um, needed to provide shoes, right? He's a shoemaker or whatever. Then you have a client who needs shoes. He's in need of shoes. And then you have a broker, and the broker sees the need of that person, the client, the in inferior to them, not just because they're like, oh, you're lower, but because they're inferior because they have needs in certain areas, right? And they bring, the broker brings the patron and the client together, and they pay for it. So they pay in full for that thing that that, that client needs, and the patron is normally someone in a superior position, in wealth, they have goods, uh, their quality of life is wealthy, bougie. Um, and they are going to bring, the broker is going to bring the patron and the client together so that they can fulfill that need. Right? So when Paul uses grace or haris, He's talking about this system where Jesus was the broker and he paid, he brought the patron, which would be God, and the client, which would be us, together and he paid in full for all of our needs and covered, got rid of all of our sin, gave us deliverance. How, I mean, how cool is that to think like, it's just a different way to see grace, because now grace is not just a pretty word. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That's a nice song, right? But this is a whole system where there's a need. We had a need. And God met it. He met it through Jesus. And he paid it all. Jesus paid it all. I just think that's really neat, you guys. It's so good. Thanks. So in your Christian life, as we, as we 
continue to move forward, if we don't recognize and receive and live in grace, because it's always available. If we're believers, it's available to you. Grace is available. You don't have to live in shame, in guilt, in that perfectionism. I know sometimes it's a process, but it's, it's available to you. Just like salvation, it's a gift, a gift of God. And so if we're going to try to live the Christian life without it, it's like, it's like we're on a teeter-totter, right? You ever seen a teeter-totter that goes up and down? You have one person who's heavier on the other side light, and then you're really going to fly, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so think about this. Think about it like this. Someday, if, if grace in your life is like a teeter-totter, then some days when you're real good and you go to church and you pray, you read your Bible, you're going to have a great day. You're, you're, you know, you're flying high. <laughs> if you don't, if you lied, or if you, you cuss someone out, or you <laughs> flip someone off, you, you, anything, cheated on somebody, cheated on a test, oh, your days are going to be bad. And it's just going to be a constant teeter-totter, right? Trying to, trying to earn what we've already, what's already been paid for for us. Right? I'm not saying you guys should go out and sin. That's not what I'm trying to say. Hopefully you don't take away that. <laughs> I'm not trying to say, or I mean, I don't need to give anybody permission to sin. If you're going to sin, you're probably going to sin. So I'm, that's not what I'm trying to say, though. What I'm saying is you don't want to be on this teeter-totter, going back and forth, trying to earn your salvation, earn righteousness. We can't ever earn righteousness. And I hate the thought. <laughs> Morgan always laughs at me because she gave me a Bible, I think, right when we met because I thought the Bible was so pretty. <laughs> and I went, isn't that funny? Bibles, it's just funny. So I went and I was looking through the Bible and you know, it has one of those devotionals in it. And the devotional talked about how this lady's grandma always was like, "Don't now never forget that you're a little sinner. And I was like... Wait a second. Back it up. <laughs> what? And she, she had this whole devotion about how you don't forget you're a little sinner. And I was just like, I, it, doesn't, it didn't sit right with me. I was like, I'm pretty sure that that is not the way I want to live my life. In that shame and that I'm a little sinner and I, I'm going to always be a little sinner? <laughs> no. No. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I got to find the scripture. I have it with me. I didn't like organize my notes very well. I'm honestly not that great at organization, guys. I'm, I'm getting better. It's fine. But we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Even in Isaiah 60, Isaiah 64 says that our, our righteousness, our good deeds that are our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Like we can't do it, right? We absolutely can't earn ourselves into heaven. We can't earn ourselves into grace. Grace is a free gift. You can't, have you ever tried to give somebody a gift and they try to pay you for it? <laughs> I feel like that's what we're doing. God is like, I already gave you this gift. Why are you trying to like, here's a dollar, here's a dollar. Uh, <laughs> we're, that's not how... God is, God has already paid for it. It's paid. 
He doesn't need your money or your good deeds to try to earn. He wants you to live out of this place of, I know who I am in Christ Jesus in righteousness. I don't live in shame. I'm not, I'm not broken down and broken out. I can do good works because I am in a place of right standing with God and I know it. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I swear I put it down here. Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, here it is. I really did have it, see? For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we would be made right with God through Christ. I put the New Living Translation because I wanted it to be more simple. But you can do NKJV. It says righteousness instead of be made right. And so... I want you guys to know that that's not pride to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's some denominations, and I'm not harping on anyone, but some denominations think we are a little sinner. We could never, we're never can be, I want to say like God, but he has seated us in heavenly places. We just read that. I'm not saying we are like God, I'm saying that he has made us right with Christ. We are in union with him. We are one with him. And that's not pride because when you're in grace, that's the most humble place you can be. Because you have to admit, I can never do anything to earn what you've paid for, to earn what you've given me. I can't earn it. I can't do it. It's not possible. So that you have to be really humble about that. Like, I can't, I could never do it. When you are on this worthiness teeter-totter where you're, you're good some days, you're on a high some days, you're on a low the other days, your prayers are affected. Your life is affected. Your community, your relationships are effective. Your prayers end up sounding like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Help me. Help, you know, all this, like, kind of victim, victim. But the Lord already said, like, you and me, were good. <laughs> I love you. Every single thing that I read getting ready for this was, like, overwhelming love. Like, I don't care that you've done that. I love you. I think in Matthew 10, they talk about the day laborers. There's laborers who worked all day and laborers who were hired at the last hour of the day. And when they went to get paid, the people who were hired in the morning were saying, why are we not getting paid more than the people who just worked an hour? And he and the Lord, the Lord, the master, whoever it was that was paying him said, didn't, isn't this what we agreed on? Like, you guys are all on the same playing field. It's such a good picture of grace. It's, it's a picture of salvation. We're all going. But grace, like, oh, he's so good, you guys. And he loves us so, so much. Now, I don't want to say, like, Christianity is, uh, I don't want you to like try to modify your behavior because that's not going to be healthy. (laughs) 
I don't want you just to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everything right. I'm not gonna sin. I'm gonna do, um, not gonna cuss. I'm, I, of course, we want that for you. We want you to live a life in Christ uh, with purity and with, with love and with grace. But Christianity isn't about behavior modification. You don't, get, you don't become a Christian and then like, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'll fit in and I'll earn my way, right? It's about heart transformation. And this is not always easy. And it's not always um, as quick as we'd like. Sometimes people um, are trans- areas of their lives are transformed in an instant. I mean, we've seen people get delivered from things instantly, but sometimes it's a process. It's a process of living in grace. And one of the ways that I want you to take home today is that you're going to need to speak over yourself what the Lord says about you. So how does faith come? Does anybody know? How do you get faith? Oh, that's good. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, I mean, yes, you could turn your phone on and have them play the the Bible, but I think the better, and you could listen to sermons. That's a great way too. But I think one of the ways that we most neglect and that needs to be done the most is confessing the word with our mouths and hearing it come out of our mouths. Right? So when you find that you are dealing with a certain thought, shame, condemnation, failure, you have to find something in the word, a scripture, or even just a saying, just a short scripture from the word. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to memorize the whole book of Mark, whole book of John. You know, you don't have to do that. You just have to Combat that thought and that feeling with the word, the truth, right? The truth of his grace. And so I just want to, I want to encourage you guys to do that today. I'm going to tell you a story. And I mean, I know I don't preach as long as uh, my, my other, my counterpart. <laughs> so you guys are going to have a, a great early lunch today. Maybe. We'll see if the Lord doesn't, you know, want to do something, (laughs) which he always wants to do stuff, right? But I want to tell you guys a story, and it might make you cry, so if you need to pass the tissues, that's cool, too, because it tried to make make me cry, but I kept it all in. That's probably unhealthy. I'm just going to be honest here. Transparent Caitlin. I should probably should just let it flow, but I was like, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) cry. Why am I my dad, right? Um, <laughs> that's what you do. I'm not, I'm not crying. It's just, uh, just some allergies. I mean, no allergies in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's just a tickle in my, in my throat, in my eye, really. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you a story, and worship band, if you want to come up, I'm sorry. You've been sitting there for like three seconds, but... <laughs> I think that you guys, it's going to impact your life. It's going to make you understand the importance of grace and how amazing it is. And amazing is like unusual, right? It's like, wow, that doesn't normally happen. This is amazing. And he, God is amazing. 
He does some incredible things, and grace is one of the most amazing things. One of the most amazing, we're always looking for, for miracles, signs and wonders, and do not get me wrong, those are incredible, and I love to see miracles, signs and wonders, and the Lord loves to do that and work that way. But grace is the, one of the biggest miracles I see, and if you can let it transform your life, it's gonna deliver you. It's going to deliver you. We don't want to just put a Band-Aid on things and get it fixed. We want to work, not work in works. But we, want to, we want to partner with God and work under the umbrella of grace and confess with our mouth. And I'm going to tell you something that I would like you to take home and confess right after I finish the story, okay? Can you just give me some light mood here? I feel like Jason right now. Please turn down the light. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. This story is called Because I'm Yours. I never dreamed that taking a child to Disney World could be so difficult or that such a trip could teach me so much about God's outrageous grace. Our middle daughter had previously been adopted by another family. I'm sure this couple had the best of intentions but they never quite integrated the adopted child into their family of biological children. After a couple rough years, they dissolved the adoption and we ended up welcoming an eight-year-old girl into our home. For one reason or another, whenever our daughter's previous family vacationed at Disney World, they took their biological children with them, but they left their adopted daughter with a family friend. Usually, at least in the child's mind, This happened because she did something wrong that precluded her presence on the trip. And so by the time we adopted our daughter, she had seen many pictures of Disney World. And she had heard about the rides and the characters and the parades. But when it came to passing through the gates of the Magic Kingdom, she had always been the one left on the outside. Once I found out about this history, I made plans to take her to Disney World the next time a speaking engagement took our family to the southeastern United States. I thought I had mastered the Disney World drill. I knew from previous experiences that the prospect of seeing cast members in freakishly oversized mouse and duck costumes somehow turns children into squirming bundles of emotional instability. What I didn't expect was the prospect of visiting this dream world would produce a stream of downright devilish behavior in our newest daughter. In the month leading up to our trip to the Magic Kingdom, she stole food when a simple request would have gained her a snack. She lied when it would have been easier to tell the truth. She whispered insults that were carefully crafted to hurt her older sister as deeply as possible. And as the days on the calendar moved closer to the trip, her mutinies multiplied. A couple of days before our family headed to Florida, I pulled our daughter onto my lap to talk through her latest escapade. (laughs) I know what you're going to do, she said. She stated flatly. You're not going to take me to Disney World, are you? The thought actually hadn't crossed my mind, but her downward spiral suddenly started to make some sense. She knew she couldn't earn her way into the Magic Kingdom. She had tried and failed that test several times before. She, so she was living in a way that placed her as far as possible from the, mag- the most magical place on earth. In retrospect, I'm embarrassed to admit that in the moment, I was tempted to turn her fear to my own advantage. The easiest response would have been, 
Well, if you don't start behaving better, you're right, we won't take you. But by God's grace, I didn't. Instead, I asked her, is this trip something we're doing as a family? And she nodded, brown eyes wide and tear rimmed. Are you a part of this family? And she nodded again. Then you're going with us. Sure, there may be some consequences to help you remember what's right and wrong, but you're part of our family and we're not leaving you behind. I'd like to say that her behavior grew better after that moment, but they didn't. Her choices pretty much spiraled out of control at every hotel, rest stop, all the way to Lake Buena Vista. Still, we headed to Disney World on the day we promised. It was a typical Disney day. Overpriced tickets, overpriced meals, lots of lines mingled with just enough manufactured magic to consider maybe going again someday. In our hotel room that evening, a very different child emerged. She was exhausted, pensive, a little weepy at times, but her month-long facade of rebellion had faded. So when bedtime rolled around, I prayed with her and I held her and I asked her, how was your first day at Disney World? She closed her eyes and she snuggled down into her stuffed unicorn. And after a few moments, she opened her eyes ever so slightly and, Daddy, I finally got to go to Disney World. But it wasn't because I was good, it's because I'm yours. It wasn't because I was good, it's because I'm yours. And that's the message of outrageous grace. It isn't a favor that you can achieve by being good. It's the gift you receive by being God's. Outrageous grace is God's goodness that comes looking for you. It's the farmer paying a full day's wages to a crew of deadbeat laborers with only a single hour punched on their time cards. It's the insanity of a shepherd who puts 99 sheep at risk to rescue the single lamb that's too stupid to stay with the flock. It's the love of a father who hands over his finest rings and robes to a young man who has squandered his inheritance on drunken binges with his fair-weather friends. It's one-way love that calls you into the kingdom, not because you've been good, but because God has chosen you and made you his own. And now he's chasing you to the ends of the earth. But here's what's amazing about his grace. It's not what he would do, but it's what he did do through Jesus Christ. That little girl, she could have chosen not to leave that hotel. She could have fought tooth and nail and not left that hotel. She could have, she could have hid. She could have done anything because of her feelings from the past and her feelings of unworthiness. But grace is right there. That's his picture of grace. And I think that that's, that's a huge thing, like with our identity, we have to know that we are His and that He loves us. It's not a works thing. We can't make Him love us more. He already loves us most. And all of us, wherever you are on, that, on the spectrum, right? We're all sinners. But we, we all have this, oh, I'm real bad or I'm real good or, you know, whatever. Oh, she's out there, you know? <laughs> that person's out there because they, I wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> but that feeling of unworthiness can keep you from stepping into the grace of God and from that identity. 
So don't let the feelings of unworthiness stop you or hinder you from receiving that all Jesus has already paid for. He's already paid it all. And so I want you guys to go home. I want you to write it in your phone, put it on your phone's front page, put it in your notebook, put it on your mirror. I want you to write, it's not, it's not because I'm good. It's because I'm yours. Or it's because I'm his. It wasn't because I was good. He didn't come and die for us because we did, we did something. <laughs> We, we worked up enough credit and then he came and died for us. No. He paid the price. He paid it all. And so I think that it's not because I'm good. It's because I'm yours and we have to remember that we are his. That he loves us so, so deeply. His love is unmatched. He's always chasing after us. And in the Bible, there's so many examples, so many types and shadows, so many uh, parables that just continue to show his love, his overwhelming love and his overwhelming grace that is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He loves you. It always comes back to love for me. I feel like any sermon I teach, it's always back to love. I just see that theme just throughout the Bible. Just it's just, it's a love story, and we sometimes we don't live like we know any of it. <laughs> we all know it, right? But do we know it here, or do we just know it here? So, um, if you guys, if there's any prayer partners available. <laughs> They can come down. I think that if you guys are struggling with just understanding, receiving, um, receiving grace, if there's a lot of shame that's just holding you back that you can't, you just can't seem to shake. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. He can become your Lord and Savior, and you can have all of this. You can be restored back to his family. And so as they sing, you guys just go ahead and come down. Come down and uh, if you need prayer. Anything else, you can come down for prayer too. It's not just an exclusive prayer line. So.
Why don't you guys stand to your feet and just worship him? We thank you, Jesus, for paying it all for us. We worship you. We worship you. You're so good. Your grace is more than sufficient for me. It's not because I'm good. It's because I'm yours. I can't do anything to earn your love. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for just being here today and touching hearts. Father, that we just continue to combat those thoughts that try to come in and shame us and guilt us those thoughts are not of you thank you Father that we remember your love and your grace towards us and that we just receive it with open arms thank you for always running after us so good we love you Jesus we love you Father
You're such an awesome God, but yet you came here and died for us. It doesn't even make sense. But your love and the restoration to your family, we thank you, God, for that. We thank you for it. (laughs) We glorify you. We praise you. And we thank you as everyone goes home today and through this week that there will be more thoughts and more receiving of grace. And there will be less shame and humility and perfectionist-driven life and performance. Father, that we just get real with you, real and raw. And we just receive that grace that you're just pouring out upon us. We thank you for all of these things. We thank you for just this time here in your presence with your family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you guys need anything throughout the week, you know where to find us. You know, we're always here for prayer or for talks or for counsel or for gather groups. And you can ask questions on that gather group. If you don't understand this, this grace, you know, that's okay. You can ask on the gather group. It's a, it's a process sometimes, learning learning that. You have something, Miss Eileen? Miss Eileen's got something, y'all. Just a second. And I just saw Pastor Marilyn Kaylin. I just saw the anointing and the, what she was teaching with such love, but humor. And it was just, it was incredible. It really was. So get ready. Get ready. Miss Eileen's been part of our church for a long, long time. She sat under my parents. She was born again here. (laughs) She's incredible. If you guys don't know her, you should know her. She makes me laugh all the time. I love her very much. Well, you guys, let's go with God and love God, love people, and lead well. I love you all so much.